Our documentary, God is Alive, is now available. The backstory on how it all happened. This is Dive Deep. From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen, and on July 8th, we premiered our documentary, God is Alive, Incredible Stories of Faith and Miraculous Events in Central Illinois. We premiered it at Sacred Heart Griffin High School. More than 300 people were there, and we had some great reactions from so many of them. Tears were flowing, I know, from a lot of people, so it's impacting a lot of people. You can watch it now on our YouTube page, the Diocesan YouTube page. You also go to dial.org slash documentary. But so many people have asked, well, how do we even come up with this concept? How do we go about shooting and producing it? So today, I am going to be interviewed, and so we brought in Katie Price. Katie. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Katie is the Director of Parish Vitality and Mission Advancement for our diocese. So this is a treat, Katie, because A, you're here. It's always a treat when you're here. Of course it is. And number two, I finally get to answer questions instead of asking questions. It is a little nerve-wracking, though. Oh, you'll be because great. Because you're really good at You're like the Barbara Walters of asking questions in the Catholic marketplace. I appreciate that. We'll see if you can uh, live up to maybe uh, Scott Pelley. Yeah, let's, Scott let's Pelley go approach. a little bit lower than Barbara Walters for me. <laughs> but okay, well, let's dive in if you're ready to dive in. You're supposed to say, let's, let's dive deep. Let's dive deep. That's better. There you go. By the end of this, I might just take over dive deep. <laughs> <laughs> Depending if I'm good enough. Might be the viewers in the audience comments that, that wins me. You are a lot prettier than deep. I am, so there is oh, that. that's so sweet. <laughs> but let's dive deep initially in that obvious question that everybody has, which is where did you come up with the idea First of a documentary, this is very different for the Diocese of Springfield channels and what we've typically produced. We've been a lot of short form, hey father videos, videos of the faith, but much smaller. So how did you come up with the idea of let's do a huge documentary? <laughs> and then secondary to that, how did you come up with God is Alive as a documentary? So I think I got to first give credit, number one, to the Holy Spirit, because it was kind of one of those things that it sounds kind of like, huh? But like, it literally just popped in my head. I think kind of the impetus to it was hearing Father Marty Smith's vocation story, which we highlight in the documentary. Um, so Father Marty told us his this story, and if you are a listener of Dive Deep, you would have known about this because in his interview on Dive Deep about his vocation, he told about this incredible, miraculous thing that happened and how God answered his prayer about am I called to be a priest or not? And he had this prayer of, could I be loved as a priest? And I'm not going to spill the beans here because we want you to, we want you to watch the documentary. No spoilers. No um, spoilers. But a little girl answered his prayer in a profound way. And so when I heard this story from Father Marty, I'm like, well, I want to tell this story in a more in a more profound way as opposed to just, hey, it's on a podcast and you're yeah, obviously it's, it's cool. You're giving me a good answer. But like, we need to get video. We need to get you on camera. We need to like really dive into this instead of just spending a little quick snippet on this podcast. So I think when I heard that story, I'm like, you know, there's got to be more than just one jaw-dropping story in central Illinois. And that's where the Holy Spirit came in, I think, put the put that seed in my head that said, we should go, maybe our shtick is we drive around central Illinois and we highlight stories in various cities. And I'm like, you know, that might be kind of cool, but I'm like, I don't want to just be me. 
And so I thought of Father Michael Trummer, who I've gotten to obviously known a lot more since doing it with him, but he had been doing his own videos on YouTube and teaching the faith, and he's had done healing ministry across the diocese. So I, I kind of assumed he's very comfortable in front of the camera, very comfortable conversing with others and strangers. So I gave him a call, gave him this wild idea. He said, let's do it. So we went to Jerseyville first with Father Marty, and the way we shot it was two two cameras and two cell phones, and he and I going to the place, then filming it, and then he, he and I driving away with, with Father Trummer giving the spiritual reaction. And we put that together, and I'm like, okay, this is one. What do we all think? And I sent it to you. And, of course, we had a team of Debbie Benz and Rachel Langdon in our communications office also looking at it. And we made some edits and cut it down, and we're like, what do we think? Do we think we have a thing here? And we all thought we did. I remember thinking it was a pretty profound story, and I'm glad that we captured it. But I want to unpack that a little bit. So this story for Father Marty, the first one, I guess you could say, that was part of this documentary— did this just happen in casual conversation or did you... Me learning about it? Yeah. No, Does it, it just come up in everyday conversations? No, it, like it, it was in our podcast on Dive Deep. It was with Father Wayne Stock, who's now parochial vicar at Christ the King, and Father Marty oh, about yeah. how those two um, became priests. And the title of it has something to do with how Bigfoot got Father Marty and Father Wayne to become priests, which is true. Bigfoot plays Maybe we can figure out a way on, on YouTube to kind of like plug in that video. <laughs> yes. We, we will Google that. We'll, we'll figure out how to do that. And so he, so, so seriously, Katie, he's, we're doing the, the podcast and I'm, I'm bouncing between Father Wayne and Father Mario, you know, and you step by step in their life. And then, so we're like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes into the podcast and Father Marty's like, well, actually, I got to tell you guys the story about how like I was doubting to become a priest, seriously doubting. And then God sent this little girl and, and answered my prayer in a profound way. And he tells the story and it takes him like one minute. And, and, and I'm like, uh, my jaw, like, wait, I, what just happened? Yeah, like my mouth was literally <laughs> open. Uh, and, and I even remember Amber Servany who, who has been on this podcast before she was behind the camera and I look at her and her, her jaw was dropped. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Um, and it was, it was, <laughs> I thought we were yeah. talking about Bigfoot. Yeah. So of course we had no idea this was coming. And I think at that moment, I'm like, well, we didn't really give the story its due diligence because it was maybe 20, 30 minutes into a podcast. We're here kind of talking about other, your whole vocation story in general, Father Wayne's here. And just this moment was that just this profound moment that showed God is alive. And again, I think that's where I was like, I want to do more with this story. I just don't know what that's going to look like yet. And then I think that's when the Holy Spirit said, documentary style, get in a car and shoot with phones and drive around. And that's what we came up with. So, but then you moved on to, okay, who am I going to do this with? So was Father Trummer really, yeah, okay. He, like, is he that type of guy that just commonly is like, I have a wild idea. Will you, you know, do this idea with me? And there's no questions asked. There's nothing that's like, I, he was just totally willing to say yes. Yes. Because, wow. because he is totally in the mindset of trying new and unique ways to reach the faith or, you know, to, to advance the faith with people. Just like you are and I am where we're trying different ways in social media and webinars and being in front of people and maybe doing YouTube shorts. And now this podcast, you know, all these, all these, because people are all over the place. You know, there may be only a podcast people. There might only be a Facebook people. So we got to come up with different ways to reach all these people. And he is totally on board with it. And he was, yeah, he was all in from the beginning. So you said, yes, Holy Spirit prompted you. Father Trummer said, yes, Holy Spirit prompted him. You had the three church ladies as we go by we're <laughs> church ladies. That's um, Katie, Rachel, and Debbie. <laughs> great church ladies, mind you. Uh, the three church ladies were like, yeah, this seems like a cool idea. 
were you nervous at all of not finding the other stories? Tell me, how did you get to the next story? How did you, how did the stories develop? I'm sure they didn't just fall out of the sky, like Mm -mm. in a podcast, like Father Marty's did, but how did you come across the rest of those? It was kind of in my mind, I wanted five because I just felt five was like a nice number and that would put us around an hour documentary, which I think is, you know, not too long, not too short. Um, The other ones, we, we meet with Betty Parquette of Springfield who had two abortions and then her life changed in a radical and profound way. Again, I'm not going to get into it because I want you to watch the documentary, but uh, I've known Betty for a while. Actually, she also appeared on Dive Deep years ago talking about her story. And it was um, such, her witness is so, in, I mean, it's just incredible. Like you just leave so inspired. And the other thing is, what's the statistic? Like what, one in four, one in five women have had an abortion? So her story of healing to get that out there to women to know that there is healing and forgiveness available if you seek it out and you can feel that sigh of relief that you're maybe you're you're, you're you want so badly so her witness is, is so profound but there's more to her story than just you know getting forgiveness so again i want you to watch it so i knew her she said yes um the next story uh, a real miracle i mean a real miracle in the terms of the church approved it uh, this has to do in Peoria in 2010 about a little girl, a little boy who was uh, who was born and didn't breathe for 61 minutes. Um, I've known the family who it was involved with because when I was in TV, I interviewed them. This was about years ago, and so this is a story involving Archbishop Fulton Sheen and his intercession, which I know some people may know or some people may not know. Um, but he was you know a pioneer in the world of communication back in the 70s. I mean, he had a show. He got an Emmy. I mean, we're talking tens of millions of people watched his show. Life is worth living, and. This story is also just like it's a jaw dropper, but it's so important because I think so many people in Central Illinois don't know about this story. I mean, you're originally from Peoria. I know you you've you've known this story forever. We, well, I know the story forever. But I'm also a big Fulton Sheen fan. Okay, so I've that I have the connection there. But I think it's true. I I think there are the jaw dropping stories. This one in particular, again, no spoiler alerts, but this one in particular, I think is is really beautiful. And so I think that you're right. I even where we're at in central Illinois, there are these miracles, some sanctioned by the church's miracles, but so many of the ones that you mentioned in these stories are of everyday lives. We'll call them miraculous. Yeah, miraculous. I was like, so there's a, right, is that something that you also had to be sensitive to? I don't want to skip the other stories, mm-hmm. but you've said it a couple times of there's church miracles. <laughs> is that like church miracles, like capital M miracles versus God moment miracles? So maybe in the other two stories, I, I think we have a couple more stories that you're going to detail, but just kind of, it's, did it's, you make that distinction? I feel like that. It is, is a important. good question. And we did make that distinction. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I talked with Bishop Paprocki about this beforehand and he gave me that distinction. Good. You got the canon lawyers we got involved. The canon, so get, okay, good. <laughs> you are right. The, the, the story in Peoria with Bishop Sheen and the little boy, that is a miracle. The church approved that. Pope Francis approved it, which again, I mean, if you've never heard of this story, I mean, this, this, the event happened in 2010. I mean, Pope Francis approved it a few years ago. It's a jaw dropper. And, um, again, it's like, I, when I think of miracles, you think these are Europe thousand years ago. Well, no, this was central Illinois, like 10 years ago, 13 years ago, this happened. Like these miracles are happening in our own backyard. Now to your other point, the other stories, I think to, to lay Catholics, you know, I would call them miracles, maybe with a little M. Um, now, we can't, in the documentary, flat out call them miracles because they're not, quote, church approved. So we, we use the word miraculous instead. Um, but I think, you know, 
you know, church language can sometimes get a little, you know, technical and non-technical, that sort of stuff. In my opinion, as a layperson, like what happened with Father Marty and the fifth story, which I'll get to in a second, with uh, their miracles. Yeah, not church pro- approved miracles, but like, I mean, it's I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so this next, what was the last one that you were going to talk about that's got the miraculous but yeah, small um, M? So that had to do with uh, uh, Grant Wilson's his name. He lives in Springfield. Um, he Well, now he moved to Quincy, but uh, he had a leg condition where his legs grew at different lengths growing up. So he always had constant back pain. And so his leg, one of his legs was an inch, inch and a half longer than the other. So he'd wear a lift and he'd wear braces and that would help but it still wouldn't alleviate the pain. And doctors advised against surgery just because there's just a host of things that can go wrong. So he went to a night of healing service, which was led by none other than Father Michael Trummer. And he went to the healing service. And I will again tease it by saying the person who performed the the, the praying over him, who was a trained, uh, trained in, in doing this kind of ministry, he gasped. And again, this is the guy who's, who has seen in his, in his, when he talked to me, so many miracles, we'll call them little M miracles. He even gasped at what happened to Grant. So again, go check out the documentary to see what happened. Then on the flip side, one other story to talk about, we went to Quincy and interviewed uh, the Reicherts. So Sarah Reichert had a little girl named Hope who can't talk, who can't walk, and can't feed herself. And we did want one story where on the surface, maybe you're watching it thinking, okay, sh- a miracle's about to happen. Hope's going to get out of her wheelchair and just start talking. And it doesn't. And Sarah was hoping for a miracle. She'd been praying for a miracle since since Hope was born, and that miracle didn't come. But a miracle happened in a different way in terms of the faith life of Sarah and the family and how they just pulled together and really trusted in God. And that story really impacted me because as a father of four, you know, I think we can take things for granted in life, but also their profound faith because out of all the stories, they have immense immense struggle. I mean, every day, I mean, I mean, imagine trying to raise a child who can't walk, talk and feed herself. Uh, you know, know, it's, it's an everyday struggle, but to find grace in that and to embrace the cross and to turn to heaven for help constantly was just really inspiring for me. I know the people who watched it, uh, that was kind of the story that I think touched the most people's lives. It gets me every time. I mean, every time I get the goosebumps when I listen to that story, because what's interesting about all of these stories, including the one that is the church approved miracle, there's a relatability to them. I think that I have found, would you say that you found the same thing that they're all, you know, everyday people living ordinary everyday lives Yes, and God has woven his way into their lives. Could you talk a little bit about when you encountered these stories, you've, you know, driven to the location, you get all of your, I'm assuming, camera equipment up and everything. You and I have talked a bit, sometimes people get camera shy, right? Or the recording light goes on. Another layer to the challenge here is not a lot of Catholics like to talk about this stuff in their own lives and recognize, oh, that might've been a miracle. So what did you encounter where, yeah, I I know the Holy Spirit was active in, in those meetings that you had, but could you describe, was there a willingness for them to share? Did you have to kind of pull it out of them a bit? How did you prepare you as the interviewer and them as the person sharing their witness? How did you prepare for that? Fortunately, we had the, the subjects that we interviewed. I've interviewed Grant before. Uh, Betty, of course, has been interviewed on this podcast, and she's told her story multiple times. Uh, Father Marty, if you know Father Marty Smith, he is just a, a, a basket case in a sense. I mean, he's he, he's 
he can talk about anything and, and he's so enthusiastic. Um, and even Bonnie up in Peoria about the Bishop Sheen, she is all about advancing Bishop Sheen's cause to sainthood. So she's told that story multiple times. Um, and then you get to Sarah. The interesting thing about Sarah is when I, when I reached out to Sarah with, with hope and their, and their situation, she said she was part of a prayer group where she felt called to tell her story. So it was very fascinating that, and she's told the story before, of course, not on as you know, large of a platform as this. So when I reached out, that's what she told me. She almost like you could say almost a, a prayer was answered there. Like she felt the world needs to know about what's going on in our family. And then I reached out and she's like, I'm all in. Um, now, part of another question you kind of alluded to there, we did have a few other people who did turn us down, which, you know, hopefully maybe they're willing and we can have a God is alive part two. Um, but I think, uh, Father Trummer hit on this in like kind of the opening scene where he talked about St. Paul tells us to evangelize. And the best way to evangelize is to tell stories. I mean, look at Jesus. Right, he, the right. guy told parables all the time. And if if we want to prove God is alive to our friends and family, well, we got to tell people about how God is alive in our lives. And even if it's a mundane thing to a jaw-dropping thing, if we don't share that with our friends and family, that inspiration or people may become more lukewarm because they just don't see God. Yeah, maybe God doesn't care about me. I'm not hearing any things about God doing anything for folks or being in profound ways. And and so we, we, we as a culture, a Catholic culture, Christian culture, need to start to share with people these incredible ways God is touching our lives. I think there's a surprise element to all of this as well. It's almost sometimes if you find... And hopefully this will inspire people to share their witness and their story, those miracles, but at the very least, help them to recall them in their everyday lives. So recall, oh gosh, you know, I did feel something different there. I felt a a warmth I can't explain. Or like you just mentioned, you know, it felt like she was moved. God was calling her to share this story, but she didn't know what the outlet was going to be yet. And then you provided that outlet for her. So it's kind of these surprise things that happen at our place. And I call them God moments too. But did anything else surprise you as you're making this documentary? It sounds it was very well organized and <laughs> everyone had shared their stories before, but there had to be some surprises along the way, I would imagine. Well, I'll say the, the, the big surprise was despite all five subjects being readily and, and willing to, to do the story, I was still surprised at the rawness and honesty at which they answered the questions. They didn't, they didn't clam up. Um, you know, perhaps that was the style of me asking questions. I think Father Trummer being in the room played a big part in that. Um, I think Father Trummer, with through his prayers, through his presence, was it was a, kind of just a sigh of relief, like, oh no, this is a this yeah, is a spiritual this is a spiritual thing we're trying to do here. So I think that that kind of lowered the temperature. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, the other thing that that to be honest. Um, St. Gabriel is, is a big patron saint of me in communication. He's the patron saint of communication. So I leaned on him a lot because I have seen, I've seen on at least a couple occasions of, in my opinion, Satan getting involved with AV type stuff. Because I've heard of several stories oh, wow. of people who have been trying to record things and put together content that Satan doesn't like. And AV stuff mysteriously just starts going haywire. It happens all the time, I think, in live demos. So things that I've been a part of are workshops where something happens that just doesn't make sense. Right. And so I leaned on St. Gabriel a lot to just, you know, protect us, please pray for us. So we didn't have any of those instances. So, um, and, and you know, really quick, just to dive a little bit away from the documentary, and what gave me um, 
a lot of uh, confidence in this is, and it was, it was a homily by our father, Dominic Rankin, who said you, the, the scripture passage, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And he said in one of his homilies, we always think, well, that's us behind our walls and hell's not going to get in. But you also have to think the opposite. That's We need to think we're going out into the world and we are going to evangelize and hell isn't going to stop us. And I was like, holy cow, I've always thought the opposite. I've always thought we're behind our wall. You're not getting in. The gates of hell won't prevent. And so right. that really right. gave me a lot of confidence to say, and, and not that I was, of course, doubting that, you know, God's going to be with us as we put this together. But, of course, we're human beings, and I'm still like, oh, she's pleased. Dear Lord. I sure hope, you know, everything goes great, and I get back to Springfield, and my footage is okay. Um, but it was like, no, it's like we're doing something for God and advancing his church and hopefully helping people improve their relationship with God, which, of course, hopefully gets them to heaven. And we're going out into the world. And hell's not going to prevail against us. And so that that homily, I mean, it just was it was a profound impact when when Father Rankin said that to me and really helped like be like, you know what? Nothing's going to happen in this documentary. It, for it's us. a beautiful way of looking at that scripture. It does remind me of something that hopefully will make you laugh. There's a bit of what you just described as there's usually something that happens. An <laughs> AV goes wrong, or the mic, we forgot the extension cord, or we forgot something else that happens. I wonder if a little bit what you're known for, if you've not watched any of Andrew's videos, what you're known for is a bloopers reel. That's true. And you had a bloopers reel, a part of this documentary, which I will say is one of the better ones. <laughs> I feel like that's a way of you laughing in the face of Satan to be like, ha you thought you got me. Not today, Satan. I, I did. Is that I, is that why you do blooper reels? Is it? I didn't think about that. I I always do blooper <laughs> reels because a I think people it's it, they're always hilarious and people are always they laugh. Are? Uh, two because I want to I always try to humanize our priests as much as possible because I think there's sometimes there's there's this guard up for for folks. I can't go to my priest. Doesn't quite understand me. And then when they see the priest laugh and screw up and goof off, they're like, oh, he is he is one of us. He's just like us. He's normal. Yeah, he's normal. So I you know I can't approach him. Plus, you know, it's just like if you can't laugh at yourself, you're going to go through life in a complete rut, and that's that's no fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we had plenty of screw-ups and, and driving around, and, and the camera would get misplaced on the dashboard. Yeah, tell me about this camera, because <laughs> well, I heard your consultants were a little concerned <laughs> about the first shot of the camera that looked like it was a cell phone on a dashboard. It's true. Unsecure. No, it was secured. By gaffer's By tape. By duct tape? It was gaff. No, not duct tape. Gaffer's tape. Close. A little, little higher end, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I was thinking back to this because it is it is funny. So we go to Jerseyville and we shoot the story with Father Marty, and I put my cell phone on the dashboard and the camera's behind us, and we come back and put it together. And Katie and Debbie and Rachel are like, "Looks great, except for can we get a little more professionalism with uh, not <laughs> gaffer's tape holding up a phone?" So I thought more about that, and I'm like, "This is truly, I think, like a." a guy versus a girl mentality. Like I looked at it, I'm like, Oh, I was totally agree. Like, good enough. Like it works. The phone's up there. It's secure. Like it doesn't look great. It's, it's, okay. it's a guy <laughs> thing and a dad thing, right? It's like the leaving for vacation and mom's got like Ziploc bags and dad's like, but why Ziploc bags? I was like, you just wait and you will find out. And lo and behold, you needed a Ziploc bag on vacation, right? <laughs> it's the same thing of when you did secure it, 
right? It was different, wasn't it? It looked, it looked a lot better. It looked a lot better. So yeah, we invested $12 <laughs> and got a got a, something to secure the dashboard. I was going to say, it, it did not cost an arm and a leg. It didn't put the production budget I think the in whole, the hole. I think the whole thing cost us like 300 bucks. And that was simply not bad. rental car and gas and some Jimmy John's meals, some big and Jimmy, some Jimmy John's. We have to do that. Okay, so you two being in that car, I mean, how many miles did you put in for this documentary, do you think? Uh, Did you total that up yet? I didn't. I mean, we went to Quincy, Jerseyville, Springfield, Decatur, and um, what am I, Peoria, whatever that, whatever miles that is. I mean, you're easily, I mean, and then driving driving around a bunch of time to get one of the bloopers. The amount of time is Father Michael and I had to kind of drive around in circles to finally get the take we went. It it wasn't that bad. Maybe we had like three times. Max was like, eh, we screwed that up. Eh, I didn't like what I said. Ah, third time's the charm. And so we eventually got it right. And then sometimes it was great. And then we look back and the phone got screwed up. Like, oh, we got to shoot it again. But it wasn't also, it Maybe wasn't had scripted. we secured it properly. No, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, but you two working as a team, I think there's a dynamic that was on screen, you could tell, between the two of you. There had to be kind of funny things that happened all the way. How did you two work? Did you work well together? Or was it just a screen thing that we saw? I mean, did you play off each other well? What was funny about the scenarios or funny stories between you two? Take us a little behind the scenes. Yeah, we uh, I, we worked great. I mean, he and I have a little bit different personalities. I'm a little more uh, outgoing, a little more. I use my hands and gestures animated. and animated, raise my voice. He's more just even keeled about things. Um, but I thought that dynamic worked well uh, between he and I. Um, he, uh, we did have some funny things. Uh, first off during Betty's interview about her two abortions, she's, you know, spilling her heart out and she's got like two giant dogs and they just start barking up a storm in the middle of it. And her, 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 her uh, husband, Deacon Greg had a, had, we had to stop recording and get the dogs. It was, it was so funny. She, you know, she spun out and And it was funny. Like the first time they barked, I could tell she's like, I'm not going to stop because hopefully they'll stop barking. So I'm going to keep going. And then I'm just like, okay, hopefully this, that's, that was the only bark. And then I got all, yeah, went, went loose. And I got, we they had an opinion on the matter. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, the other time in Peoria, I'm thinking, you know, we had to go around a few times. No, I don't know if anyone saw us, but of course we had the feeling of like, are people staring at that random guy and priest getting an SUV? And they keep driving around in circles for the past 45 minutes to an hour. What are they doing? So we like, should call the cops. Um, <laughs> the, the other one, if you're, if you're listening, I'll try to describe it versus on YouTube. But in, in the first video, we split it up where Father Trummer did two of the interviews and I did three. And he's interviewing Father Marty about this profound thing. And I think it was you or Rachel who who brought up, you know, as I do cutaways to Father Marty or to Father Michael looking at Father Marty telling the story, he is like deadpan stone faced. It's <laughs> and, true. And we get back and and we're like You gotta show the face though. You have to give like up. It's just like this. But it, the mouth is even mm. a little bit open. Yeah, I that's do right, this yeah. out of all due respect. I <laughs> love you, Father Mike Father Trummer. I but it's like It's like totally but it just, like But it looked he was very intentionally listening. Right? Like he was very much into listening. But just no reaction. So Blink face. So we tell him, I, I tell him, I'm like, hey man, the last, so we get to Grant, he's the fifth. I'm like, hey, can you got to show some more animation? Like these things happen. So in the fifth one, all of a sudden the cutaways, he is just like bobbing his head up and down and smiling. He's just like, wah, wah. and it actually was like, it was, it's in the documentary because that, that was his reaction. But you could tell it was like. It's a little over the top now. <laughs> it's a little different. Father Trevor did a great job throughout, but those are those funny things you just don't, yeah. you know, maybe somebody would notice, maybe somebody wouldn't yeah. notice. But. And, and, you know, one, I'll say one thing I was surprised with Father Trummer is 
the guy is, I think his charism, I mean, he, he does healing ministry, as I said, his charism is definitely just connecting with people, I think, on a personal way and very relatable and very, as I said, he's very even keeled. So you might think he's, um, you know, just kind of monotone, but that's just the way he is. But I think he's just got so much theology and trying to break it down in his head going on. And what I mean by that is because throughout this documentary and, and what's on camera, and then when we did the premiere night at SHG and he's answering questions, his ability to highlight scripture off the top of his head, and I'm not talking like, hey, John 3.16, everyone knows that. He's like dropping Hebrews and Galatians and all these things are like, I couldn't even tell you one word that's in those scripture. And he, he pulls out a phrase and says, now this is how it applies to what you're going through right now. Um, he mentioned that in, in, in Sarah's, Sarah and, and Hope's, you know, he brought up a scripture passage, which is in the documentary, which I had never heard before ever. And I'm like, holy cow, it totally relates to what this story is about. And it was neat to learn of a new scripture passage in, in that moment. So yeah, he is a profound person, profound um, ability to grasp the faith and scripture and spill it all out in that moment in a very relatable way. Well, and this was such a massive undertaking and project, I think, for the communications office to take on and for you two to take on. There had to be, like, take me to that, like, last scene that you guys shot together. There had to be something that you walked away with feeling or that you discussed or, like, well, I guess that's a wrap. Like maybe it was as simple as that. I don't know. But I feel like maybe you were privy to some of the takeaways that he had. And then maybe you could tell us a little bit about what are the takeaways that you have personally? Like how did this project personally impact you and your relation to faith or, or miracles even? Um, first thing, like kind of to your, to your question about that last scene, the last scene in the documentary, we actually, it wasn't the one we shot last. That was, uh, we actually had a shot, shot another oh, story later. So that's kind of a, so we had to kind of act, I guess, you know, pull out our acting skills, which we're not good at, but, you know, kind of pretend like that's the last scene. Uh, and then the actual very last scene of the documentary where I'm in the car and we show this pan of basically central Illinois in a drone that was also shot weeks or not months before because I kind of had that sequence in my head. It is it is interesting. Like I have this, you know, we all have different skills. And so this was really, it was really neat. I felt like God was definitely feeding me and building my skill set because I had this vision in my head and I'm trying, still trying to describe it to you and Father Michael. And you all kind of got it, but I just couldn't verbalize it until I put it together. And so there's always these pieces in my head. And so even that final scene with the drone, I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to be in a car and you're driving past me and then we show Central Illinois. It's going to be great. Um, but uh, in terms of uh, like what I learned and what I came across, you know, first of all, the story still, even when I'm editing it and I've seen it now like a hundred times, it's still, I still cry, I still tear up. And Sarah's story, especially Betty's story, who are she seeking forgiveness? And then the three miracles, one big M, three, three little, two little M's. It's still just like, yeah, it's like God is with us, but we got to let him in and he will show us the way. And he's, he's, God will never lead us to a disaster. That was another thing I learned from one of the deacons who told me that, you know, if you put God in your life, it's not like it's going to be rainbows and butterflies all the time, but he's never going to lead you toward a disaster. And that's something I think we need to keep in mind. Um, also hearing from folks what has been good for, you know, very satisfying for me as the creator is people aren't just saying like, oh, I really enjoyed it. It was really entertaining. Well, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it entertained you, but I want you to leave with something. And people aren't saying that. People are saying, I cried throughout the whole thing. 
that story as making me think differently now, or I'm now going to do this because I saw that. So it's more actionable things as opposed to, I had a good time watching it. And that's what, that's what when, when, to answer your question about what Father Trummer and I were, when we left, what did we want to impress on people is, okay, not only is God is alive, but how are these stories going to directly impact you and now improve your relationship with God? And in a kind of like our slogan and tagline, we've said, whether you're full of faith, clinging to faith, or have lost hope and faith, there's something in here for you that will just move you, hopefully at least just that one notch closer in your relationship with God. Hopefully more than one notch, but if we can get you at least one notch closer in the way you think about God and your relationship with him, then it's a success. I think that's beautiful. And that means that it's just really open to everyone. And I noticed that your son was there on premiere night. <laughs> so what was his review? Well, he's, well, what did he think of dad? He, he's always, he, I embarrass him a lot. So I, no. I, I think he was, I think he was proud, but I think he was also a little shy and embarrassed. I mean, he's eight <laughs> years old. So it was cool. He was in a suit. He was, uh, he was cute. He's like, are you going to wear your tie dad? And I gave him a heart. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to wear a tie. He's like, but you're talking tonight. So I'm like, okay, I'll wear a tie. So I wore a tie tonight. He was, yeah, he was all about it. <laughs> oh, see, I think that's great. And I'm sure I, there were a lot of other kids that watched this too. And so hopefully it's something that the schools will put out yep. and there's not necessarily an age. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd pin it more around fifth or sixth grade. Obviously okay. Betty's story talks about abortion. So okay. that, that's a little bit more heavy. Um, you know, we do want our story, our schools to watch it, and we're going to make a push this fall to get it in our classrooms. We are, I've already had a couple of teachers already who wrote, wrote to me or wrote on our social media that, that were very much love the documentary and said they already plan to show it in their classrooms. So that's really cool to see. Uh, it's going to be at our Eucharistic Congress on October 28th, where we'll have hopefully 7,000 Catholics filling the BOS Center. So you can also watch there. And I think there's also this, there's this, when you, it's like going to a comedian. Like if you watch a comedian on YouTube, you laugh a little. But when you're in the theater with the comedian, it's it's hilarious. So, you know, if you come to the BOS event, you know, I think watching it with thousands of others is also going to just kind of impact you in, in a different way. And, of course, we're hitting it hard on traditional media, Catholic media, social media. It'll be in Catholic times. And so we're, really, again, really just trying to, to spread the word that, that, of course, God is alive and this can, this can hit you. One thing I want to touch on really quick you mentioned, though, Katie, is, and if you're listening, I know there's two things. If, if you know someone who is kind of doubting or lukewarm, you know, it's, just, it's simply it's pretty simple. Copy and paste the link, send it to them. Hey, saw this. Think you might really enjoy it. You know, maybe they watch it. Maybe they don't. Maybe it impacts them. Maybe it doesn't. But I, I mean, I think if they do click the link and watch it, it will impact them because it's local stories. It's like, oh, wait, what? These people are in my own backyard. Oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, also, while, of course, it's it has a Catholic theme to it, we talk about the sacraments and the Eucharist and confession and vocations of the priesthood. You don't have to be Catholic to appreciate the stories. You know, obviously, I'll put it under the umbrella of Christianity. If you want a relationship with God, if you are seeking to better your relationship with God, and you are a non-Catholic, there will be something in here for you that will improve that or, or make you think differently about that, it. It's so true. Even at premiere night, I had met quite a few couples who were not Catholic that were there, enjoyed it, wants to share it with their church and their friends and family. So it's really something that has a broad base of appeal to a lot of people. I think the, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up some things, but I think the obvious question is any details for a part two? Ah. Like everyone's <laughs> going to ask, okay, this was great. What's next? <laughs> it comes down to if the Holy Spirit can provide those stories. And, you know, 
it's it's one of those things we, we live in we live in a culture where okay we mentioned you know God is alive even in everyday moments but we set out to find jaw dropping stories because that's still ultimately what can you know it moves people the most you know we're all we all want you know the jaw dropping stories because that's what's incredible so I would I'd love to do a God is alive part two but I want those kind of jaw dropping stories because that that is ultimately what really can move move people when you're like holy cow that there's no explanation for that except God, maybe I need to think differently about something. So yes, shoot me an email, reach out to Katie, reach out to our diocese. If you had something happen to you that even if it's not a true church approved miracle, which we know right. at least in Illinois, I think there's the only, the, the one, the one from Peoria, um, let us know. And, and even if it's not a, not a, we don't do it in a documentary. I mean, we're highlighting stuff in Catholic times all the time uh, that we want to promote, but at the same token, that's still, if you have something and you haven't shared it with others, start there first. Tell your friends and family about what happened to you. Get their reaction. And then if God's calling you to say, you know what, I think the story needs to go beyond my sphere of influence, you know, reach out to me and we can make it bigger. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that, I hope that everybody takes their families and they watch it and they can watch it on YouTube now. Um, and any other stories or miracles that come up and, and they want to share. Sometimes we need a little practice <laughs> being witnesses out in the world. So I think that's a great point. Witness your faith to your friends and your family, especially your kids. Good point. Because they're really good critics, but they do love a good story. <laughs> uh, I love it. Katie, thank you for being. This uh, was so much fun. It was fun. You did awesome. I think you, uh, I think Barbara Walters, you know, you said I am not. I, I think I you know. got it. Katie Price, everyone. I'll be here at the nightly news <laughs> when we start that one. Dial.org slash documentary. That is where you can find it out. Or if you subscribe to our YouTube page, you can just search God is Alive. This has been Dive Deep. For more podcasts, head over to dial.org slash podcast. Until next time, we'll see you right here on Dive Deep. Dive Deep.